Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Loose Units Loose Ends. Every week, Dad and I sit down and give you a bit of extra stuff because Dad's an ex-cop and I'm his son, and that's the show. But on Tuesday, we dropped a very special thing, and that was Red Hot Australian Christmas, Tegan Higginbotham's incredible Australian Christmas audio play for an incredible cause. If you haven't already heard it, go back and have a listen, because this week's episode is a very, very special look behind the scenes at what it's like to create an Australian Christmas play, what it's like to do your first acting role, I'm looking at you, Dad, and what it's like to deal with something as intense and stressful and realistic as Australian fire and rural Australian Christmases in something that is meant to be and kind of is a comedy. We hope you enjoy. So Dad and I are here today with a very special guest, Tegan Higginbotham, the writer and director of Red Hot Australian Christmas. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on the show. Well done on the play. Thank you. Well, well done, first of all, to the both of you. I mean, John, this was your big acting debut. Are you going to be in Hollywood soon? Have you already got plans? Have you got a big agent? There are no flights available at the moment to Hollywood. So I thought what I'd do is I'd take a slow boat to Bollywood. (laughs) I don't know how... You know what? You'd probably be really good in Bollywood because you talk so much that a four-hour film would probably work. (laughs) (laughs) Paul? Yeah. uh, It's weird doing... Just if everyone can just close their eyes and imagine that for the first time doing a podcast, A... I'm looking at Tegan, which is a bit weird because, Tegan, you, your face is too close to the lens and it makes your face look a bit weird, a bit distorted because in real life it's not. It's actually borderline perfect face <laughs> or head. You know, what translates really said, well, Dad, you know what translates really well to an audio format is describing in painstaking detail the visuals of a video. <laughs> <laughs> but, Paul, yeah, Paul yeah. it's very disconcerting for the listeners yeah. for me to see you because normally I just see the fridge. What do you mean just see the fridge? Well, I don't see you. I see a fridge, which is just over to my right. Right. When we do our podcasts, I'm, I'm in, in the kitchen. Yeah, but you're looking at the computer, not the fridge. Oh, so you're staring at No, up but the- peripherally, I'm aware. If I look over to my, like I can see some louvers. I don't, again, again, you've gone from describing things that aren't interesting to let's, let's get back to the topic of that. Well, I was yeah, actually cool, complimenting cool. you both. John, your, your debut acting performance was wonderful. And I've been looking through the Facebook page and you were getting a lot of compliments for your portrayal of the premier of Victoria. Mm-hmm. But Paul, mm. I think, you know, we have to spend just a moment acknowledging the incredible edit that you did. Um, that record 
you know, to get all those voices down, we didn't have nearly as much time as we needed. No. And you turned some very raw footage, sorry, audio into just this, this world. And you did such a beautiful job. Well, we went down to Castaway Studios, which that is where you and I recorded the first, I would say, 50 episodes of this podcast. Dad would come down and do mm. big batch records. And Derek over at Castaway Studios was like, look, I'm just going to set up the room next to the studio and create a kind of semicircle of microphones and we're just going to do it. We're just going to do it. Um, my friend Dirk Mags from the UK who has done a whole bunch of incredible stuff. He did the Hitchhiker's Guy audio plays, Alien 3. He's currently doing the Sandman series mm -hmm. under Neil Gaiman with James McAvoy and a bunch of other incredible actors. Dirk basically said, look, here's how you should do it in a best case scenario. And so I then took that down to Derek and um, we kind of set this whole thing up. Tegan, you cast the damn thing. But, yeah. And got all the actors in for a three hour session, which is not nearly enough no, time. No, but what was also really interesting is some of Dirk's feedback mm. really highlighted for me the fact that what Australia is still going through is, you know, the whole world is going through COVID right now, mm. but we do still feel very different in that Dirk kept on suggesting things like to record all the scenes in the toilet because we have quite a few scenes recorded just, in just the toilet. Just to clarify, you mean the, the toilet scenes, not all the scenes. No, no, no. <laughs> so all the scenes are in the toilet. He'd suggested to get the best audio, mm. put your actors into a small room, preferably like, you know, a toilet. And I, I had to point out, you know, when we're in the studio that we can't do that. That is illegal, or it certainly was when we were recording this. Mm. You couldn't have two people standing within 1.5 metres of each other let alone asking them to cram into a tiny room. So oh, yeah. the fact that you created those soundscapes when we really didn't didn't have the ability to capture the footage raw in the way that we would have liked to. Sorry, I keep saying footage, audio. Oh, but there was, I mean, there is actually, by the way, a lot of footage of the recording sessions, which we should probably grab some of them put up because I think it'd be nice for people to see how this was done. But I took those six different feeds of overlapping audio from different scenes, put in sound effects, music, edits, filters, all kinds of things to make it feel like you're actually there. But the really challenging thing was that three of the actors did this remotely. Mm. So Georgia Love, uh, who's a friend of the show, she played the newsreader yep. and she sent us her audio. Um, fun fact, Georgia actually is a trained newsreader. So that was very easy for her. I had somebody online go, that person doing the newsreader, man, they should really do that job. Yeah. And I was like, well, funny thing, that's her job. She's yeah. incredible. And she's really good at it. Yeah. And then there was Jackson Tozer who played Danny mm -hmm. and Danny, uh, sorry, Jackson had to record his stuff remotely. And you, you and I got on the mic with him and he's, a, he's an incredible actor and yeah. he just nailed every take, but his audio was super different. So one of my hardest jobs was slotting him in and cutting out the lines that you read on the day. But the most enjoyable thing to splice in, Dad, were your performances where we got you to play the premiere of Victoria and you got to give basically dispatches on fires in Gippsland. Now, you were a firefighter for many years, Dad. Was any of this familiar territory for you? Was this a comfortable experience? Did you feel kind of out of your depth or did you really enjoy the... Um, the role. I loved it. And um, I, I'm very um, much aware of um, the emotions that it brought out, Tegan, big time. So you know that I walked uh, because Paul called me very early, unceremoniously early the morning of the release. It was like 6am or something, yeah. It was 
seven. It was seven. Because you're usually the one that messages me unceremoniously early. No, I've been up for three hours, yes. soft sand running, um, uh, fasting while soft sand running. And but this, on that morning, you had somehow managed to sleep in and I woke you up. Paul, Paul did uh, message me and he was really excited. He was, And it was very weird because he was speaking in hushed tones. I don't know whether uh, Tegan was still asleep. But most of Australia was still, at least in this time zone, i.e. the east coast of Australia, were asleep. And Paul's kind of furiously sort of um, basically giving me instructions that I had to listen to it in one hit. No, no, no pauses. So I knew that I was going to get my new tonneau cover put on that day. It had been booked in for some weeks. Paul, you're, you're sort of you're giving me a bit of a fun. I know this is radio but you're giving me a funny look. It's probably good that we don't see each other when we do our podcast because <laughs> I would be really, really jacked because it throws me because I'm looking at your face yeah, and uh, I'm looking at your various gesticulations mm-hmm. and I'm looking at Teague and I can see her left eye. Twitching. Okay. Now, the thing is, you two, that I, I did understand the importance and the, I, it had been many years since I'd listened to a radio play. When I was a young boy growing up in Armadale, um, I'd come home. We didn't have a TV. That's how fucking far back it goes, back into the 60s. And I would come home every afternoon and the, the ABC would have a show called The Argonauts. And it was just, I'd lie down or, or recline on my grandmother's couch and I would just close my eyes and listen to the characters. And it was bloody marvellous. So when... I decided to do the walk and it was a bloody long walk, Tegan. It was um, at least 10K through the city. But I've got these amazing noise-cancelling headphones. I'm not going to to name the brand because they don't sponsor me at this stage. But (laughs) um, it's a piece of fruit. There's a hint. And um, Uh, I started listening. Now, when you start listening to a radio play, at first... Like the mother really, really, her, her persona changed dramatically. And Paul, I absolutely loved your British accent. Oh, thank you. Private school boy, Eton, Harrow, rugby, then gone on to Cambridge or Oxford. You didn't really, but that's how <laughs> you would have if you had a spoken like that. That's very now, Tegan, Tegan's voice was so wonderful that i actually and i'm not kidding tegan i found it very difficult to figure out it was you what are you talking i'm serious about? i'm not in it oh fuck are you joking <laughs> oh jesus oh fuck are you joking no, no she's not oh in shit it. you fucking dingus <laughs> hang on who did you think she was you thought it was brian no i thought <laughs> you know what do you want to hear the weirdest thing, Tegan? Go on. Oh, God. I, I actually, because when you mentioned Mafra, which is an incredibly ex- obscure town, I was starting to think that maybe you were calling forth, oh, fuck, some of your inner sort of, not, not desires, but the whole thing was like, do you know what I'm saying? I thought you were, do you know how one of the girls, like, you know, in, that, in the, the lesbian relationship, yeah. which I thought was fantastic. I thought you were one of those girls. You thought I was Alex. Do you think I was in the one who was in the bathroom at the very beginning? Or the girl who oh. rocks up later? Well, not the one that was going out with her 
I think Alex. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about, so that's not me. Uh, That's an incredible actress called Michelle Brazier, who, if you watch uh, this season of Auntie Auntie Donna's Donna's Big House of Fun. I love that. God, I'm... Michelle is in that. So you're going to see a couple of sketches with her. And um, yeah, she's, I mean, what a wonderful person to be confused for because she's absolutely wonderful. But no, definitely not me. So I'm glad that after all these years of bonding, we can confirm that we don't have voice recognition down. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but I was, I I thought that, because I know that you can put on various voices, Tegan. And you can do that. But also, can I just admit to my, the public that, like me and like all of us, but kind of like me too, but you know what I mean. But I was actually, and I'm kind of slightly hesitant to say this, but I actually had genuine tears at parts oh, in the wow. play. Like it was intense. And I think, you know, that's, that's, I'm being really honest. And I called you, Tegan, straight oh, after I'd listened. Yeah. And I, because I wanted that conversation to be raw. I was also um, quite, um, sorry, I was also quite aware of um, who should I call you or Paul because I knew that if I called you, Paul might get a bit sad. So then I, because I like to be fair, but you you are the writer. But Paul, you did an, uh, such a great job with the sound effects that, look, it really just adds that fertiliser to the mind. It keeps sort of... <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, mate, I'll tell you, you two are... Oh, and, and, and look, my role was very, very small. Um, I hope in the next series I have uh, more of a role, perhaps, say, 50% of the dialogue. But um, I was happy with 0.001% in my debut. Good. No, but it was very good. And I loved it. And the newsreader, she was a cracker. Yeah. And, and, and the mother, the mother is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The dad, he played that role beautifully with that pathos. And, and it was a real mystery. It was a real teaser, Tegan, because that shocked me. Mm. I didn't know that was coming about. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, you can, you know, and it's why we're really happy to partner up with standby support because I feel that in rural areas there is this real problem of people not talking or not feeling like they can express, you know, their feelings, especially if those feelings are negative, whether they're sad or, you know, that whole gamut of emotion that's on the negative side of things. And so, yeah, I was really happy to um, to get to... I suppose try and bring that sort of a character to life and yeah I hope that I mean it's been really really lovely reading the comments on Facebook when this went out because you know it's it's so different I do not think that any true crime podcast with such a loyal and established audience has ever in the past gone hey just to mix it up we're gonna (laughs) throw a radio play at you like that is so naff and weird and different so I, and I was really, really touched when you both said that I could, you know, use the Loose Units platform to put this piece of work out there. And the fact that it's been received so wonderfully and just getting really wonderful messages, especially though around the subject of fire and realising how many Loose Units loose, loose units audience members and just people in general mm have just been so personally affected by fire in this country. And, you know, we're heading into another summer now. You just had record-breaking temperatures mm. in New South Wales. What did it get up to? Um, 47 out oh. west. And Sydney, um, where we live, mm. which is kind of supposedly we should have a sea breeze, got to 40. Oh. And um, we don't have air conditioning. 
Um, that's the thing about being in Thailand, in a, in a hot country. Mm. You, you, you gear up for it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Christine and I, we went and bought a fan, a small fan, and that, that saved us because we went through a, it was really full on and, um, and I think it affects your mind as well, the, the extreme heat. And I think you become a little bit um, uh, irrational. And I've also talked in the past about firefighters. They have a nose for the smell of smoke. And that day mm. I uh, was driving around Sydney and the fire engines were, were literally out of control, just going everywhere. And I could smell the bush alight. And, yeah. um, and I think it's a very poignant time. I think in a, in a weird way, Tegan, what you've done is you've brought this this, the timing of this radio play is, um, is, is perfect. Um, and, it, and it reminds people of the fragility of, uh, of lots of things, family, friendships, um, you know, relationships, um, you know, nature, like we're having problems with the decimation of the koalas and, and lots and lots of things. So, uh, and it's polarised because of our crappy year we've had with COVID. And there's just been a case today in New South Wales. I've read about it. Yeah, yeah. One of the hotel workers, right? One of the... Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and everyone gets really like, you know, we're all excited and it's 16 or 17 days. And then to think that we're all kind of, we become sort of so embedded in the news. And, um, you know, look, we're coming down to see you in um, in a few weeks, which seems quite surreal, to be honest yeah. with you. But um, I, I, I think, Tegan and Paul, that the radio play... Um, because let's face it, it's an extension. It's more involved, more nuanced than perhaps a podcast. 
insofar as the numbers and the logistics. But Tegan, um, how long, I mean, where did this idea come from? Well, last year at Christmas, Paul and I went and we stayed with my parents in Mafra. So we were in Gippsland and just in case anybody doesn't know exactly where Mafra is in Gippsland, we were like every morning we would wake up and my parents' property was full of smoke, yeah. but we were never in any direct danger. I mean, last that, was year. that was partly your mum's cooking. going. On. <laughs> <laughs> so when the fires were absolutely ravaging Gippsland, it was certainly something that was very close to our hearts, but we were safe where we were, but the smoke was there and it certainly put a very odd feeling over the Christmas. And then one night this was on, I think it might've been Christmas Eve actually, Mum had said, hey, look, I've heard that there's this bloke down the road who does really, really good Christmas lights. And I am a sucker for Christmas. I love it. And Paul and I, we like to go see Christmas lights together. So we're like, yep, great, we're going. And we went to this place. I think the road's called Three Chains Road. And it's not just that there's a few Christmas lights strung up. This is so much of an attraction. It is a Griswold-grade Christmas village. The guy has literally had to borrow the paddock next door to set up official parking because that many people drive to see this. And just think an entire rural property covered in lights. He has blow-up reindeer. It's on the roof. It's in the garden. There are people playing live music. Like, we were blown away. I was in absolute heaven. And then what we saw is towards the very back of this property, there was this blue tree. Uh, so it was this gorgeous tree lit up and it had all these blue baubles on it. And it's like, oh, okay, maybe this is where the guy makes a little bit of money because I can't even imagine the electricity bill that he gets slogged with. It's like, oh, cool, maybe this is how we donate to him. So we're walking up there and then suddenly I start reading things and I realised that the idea was that you paid to write a name on one of these baubles and every name was somebody that you had lost to suicide. And this tree was so big. It was just yeah. covered in these blue baubles. And I was just standing there and I couldn't quite comprehend the amount of names up on that tree. It just really, it was just such a, it was just such a hit. And so all the money at that event was going to be on blue. And when I got home, I was really thrown by it. Uh, I was just, so impactful and I did a little bit of research and it turns out that the gentleman who set that up had lost his brother to suicide and I thought it was the most beautiful tribute but as Paul and I were coming home from Christmas it just you know we had a lovely time but it had been (laughs) (laughs) did we (laughs) it had been fires and that moment and I I remember the exact intersection I came to uh, quite near Hayfield when we're on our way home and just the idea fully formed in its full completion just hit me. I wanted to tell that story. Within five minutes, you kind of given me the synopsis and it was, you're right, it was completely it just, fully it, formed. Yeah, it's funny thing with my ideas. It's how they, they happen. It's just like, oh, that's what I've got to write now. Um, mm. And um, and BBC, that there was a bit of feedback from them, the BBC. Yeah, so what happened was I didn't really know what to do with this idea and I'd been really wanting to get into radio plays for a little while. Paul's, Paul's really passionate about Big Finish, which is all uh, Doctor Who radio plays. I'd started listening to them. So we'd been in that headspace and I found out that the BBC run a competition every year called the International Playwriting Competition. Mm. I was like, great, this gives me a deadline. I'll write my play. I'll submit it for that. And then the, we, I submitted it and I didn't hear anything And then COVID hit and the date when all of the winners would have been announced came and went. And I I did some research. I tried to find online who had won because I'd gathered by then that it wasn't me. 
which was fine, but there was just nothing, no updates. So I just assumed that the whole competition had been canceled. I, I even emailed them. I was like, Hey, can I do anything with this script now? Like, am I allowed to make it? Never heard anything back. That's right. Yeah. And then last week I got a lovely email from them when I'd already started working on it saying that it'd been commended, which was really lovely. Fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was a very nice surprise. I mean, it was, it was a bit like someone saying yes to a date six months later and you're dating someone <laughs> new and you're like, uh, this is awkward. But yeah, it was amazing to receive that kind of that commendation. And what's really interesting is it's from the BBC and I've got friends in the UK and for them, the notion of a hot Christmas, let alone a fiery Christmas, is just like science fiction. It is completely unrelatable. And yeah. I think one of the things I like about Loose Units, um, Dad and Tegan, as you both know, is the fact that we have a global audience and I guarantee you there are people listening right now and who are listening on Tuesday when Red Hot Australian Christmas dropped who were just sitting there going, what? I, I mean, they, for them, this whole thing is, they're viewing it through the eyes of Matthew. Mm. They are sitting there going, redbacks, exploding trees, what, like fire? I mean, Christmas is meant to be. I mean, there's all the unifying themes of family being awful and all kinds of stresses and, you know, <laughs> and overeating. But then there's some really uniquely Australian things in it. And unfortunately, one of those things is fire. And this has been a part of, I mean, it's a part of a lot of people's lives, just the fact that we link Christmas mm. with fire and now. Yeah. Mm. Even when my parents were living in the Dandenong Ranges, which is this gorgeous mountain range out, outside of mountain, outside of mountain. <laughs> you lived in mountain? <laughs> I love outside mountain. Of, outside of Melbourne. Mm. Um, that was at the time when they were both CFA firefighters. Mm. And mm. those Christmases were so stressful because in the Dandenong Ranges, there is this air siren. So whenever a fire starts, whether it's a grass fire or a fully fledged bushfire, mm. you just hear this terrible. Tegan, Tegan, how's it go? I'm not doing it again. Okay. <laughs> I'd just like to also let the listeners know that Tegan Higginbotham, mm. our daughter-in-law, mm. very cunningly, cleverly, um, I'm going to explain to the listeners how Tegan organised um, basically the meeting of the parents, which was really clever, Tegan, because we had no idea. You organised that whole day, and oh, I know you organised it because your mother, mysteriously, we're just popping in to say hi, but she's done a banquet. <laughs> but we did the, 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 the railway, the, what's that railway we did? The Puffing Billy. We did the Puffing Billy in the morning. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we're just going under the guise of just going for a drive. You said nothing. We pull up in this location that was mountainous and spectacular because Christine and I had never been to the Dandenongs. And um, we go down into this place and I'll never forget, I saw a sign on the house. Yes that has a very strong connection to Doctor Who. The house was called Gallifrey. Correct. Yeah. And then at that point, I knew the, is it the Roose or the Rouse? The Rouse? Or I the think Ruse? No, the Ruse. Ruse. Oh, okay. oh, the Ruse. Yeah. Yeah, the Ruse was over. I and that was, it was good in a way that you did it that way because it's pretty he heavy to meet, you know, um, in-laws potential in-laws and it's and it's quite a significant um time 
But one of the most, um, one of the interesting things was you you did upon meeting Kevin Kaz, you had this common ground in that you know they'd put out fires as well. Suddenly you're in a room with other firefighters, you know CFA or regional or whatever. You, you'd all kind of done that, and I found that a really interesting link. Mm. You know, yeah, mm. it is. It is. Um, and it's certainly, yeah, it, it's just been really great in the past week no it's not even been a week in the past few days just hearing that many stories of people and their experiences with fire and and i think um you know even back when my parents were in cfa i just remember already having such a respect for emergency services because it wasn't just the fact that they're expected to go out and risk their lives to fight these fires which they all do they're so wonderful it's the other stuff that gets brought in that you're not expecting like the fact that they have to go out to car accidents that's and right, yeah. There's no, well, I certainly didn't see a lot with my parents of a back end support. You know, you could potentially see somebody, because up in the Dandenong Ranges, there are bad accidents up there. Mm. You could see somebody in a very bad way and then just be expected to go home. And I mm. find that, I find that crazy. Like, I find mm. that crazy mm. that we put people through that. And, um, so it's it's always been something that's been in my head, this real love of of emergency services, yeah. whether it's, you know, professional firefighters, whether it's volunteers, you, you know, yep. I was yep. really happy to have the character of Danny in there mm. as that role. Mm. What I did reflect on also last weekend in Sydney when it was over 40 degrees. Now, an analogy, because I love analogies, um, and Paul, I know you hate intense heat. I know you would like to live on the southern or whatever the coldest face of a mountain in Scotland. I'd like to live in Shetland and, right now, please, yes. Mm. Yeah, although Shetland is quite quite beautiful. However, Paul, imagine um, it's 40 degrees. You're in a beautiful environment. You might be having a gin and tonic, cold beer, whatever, and you're feeling really relaxed, but outside you're aware that there are emergency service personnel and let's sort of focus on firefighters. Now imagine going out into that extreme heat with a big suitcase full of woolen clothing, woolen socks, massive boots, long woolen pants, undergarments, overgarments. And then once you're totally kitted up, then throw on a really beautiful hooded duffel coat Mm. of pure wool and just wrap yourself up in that, put a motorcycle helmet on, Mm. then go jogging in that 40 degrees. That's what our firefighters do when they're at a big fire. And they will do that. They'll do it for as long as it takes. And uh, they're working long shifts. And it's really weird to think that you can, as a professional firefighter, you can put all that gear on and you can actually face the beast yeah and you're kind of the last thing you're really thinking about is how hot you are but when you're not in that situation as a civilian which i am now i can actually look back and think those firefighters are that's extraordinary what they do yeah and um and i and i think you know our thoughts go out to them but look tegan you've you've kicked a goal and i'm not and you know i i don't just say that uh, it's a fact and paul you know, you, you did such a great job and I've had, there's been so much positive feedback. It's extraordinary. So. I, I listened to it again the other day 
which is always really difficult. It's difficult listening back to your own work, especially when, because if something, if I'd listened back and heard something that I wasn't happy with, that I could have done better, Mm. I would have had a stroke. It would have just ruined me. And I listened back and just went, Keegan wrote a 45 minute audio play about Australian Christmas. And it's a love letter to the emergency services and volunteer firefighters and Aussie families and diversity and inclusion and all these other amazing things and it's sitting out there for free so if you haven't already listened it's it's for such a good cause so if you like it i know we've already said this but if you like it you can go to standbysupport.com.au and donate to an incredible charity that will directly help people affected in these areas um if you want to kind of keep sending us all your personal stories and all the things you really enjoyed about it and your, you know, personal recollections of stories like this, or just kind of talk to us about how weird and intense Australian Christmases are getting. You can hit us up at facebook.com forward slash loose units. Is there any other housekeeper before we wrap this up folks? I don't think well, so. um, Paul did mention um, something about a skull a few weeks ago. Oh yeah. Oh, please talk about this. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah. But um, not now. Should we save it? Well, you know what? We need to save it because um, yeah, we'll we'll save it. But next week on loose ends dad and i are going to talk about (laughs) dad might have access to a skeleton for reasons we can't go into it's super weird what do you mean dad might have access to a skeleton no 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 this is how we work we tease it and then we resolve it next week what yeah so think about that over the weekend so yeah and also we're doing chapter and we're doing chapter seven aren't we paul we are doing chapter seven yes what's chapter seven exciting i can't remember You'll have to listen to the episode, Tegan. I wrote the fucking thing. I can't remember what it is. Um, <laughs> chapter seven. I'm, no, I'm pretty sure chapter seven is the arrest. Yes. So you've just finished um, your car chase with Len Beater. You've got your first suspect in tow and you're back at the station trying to file an arrest and put handcuffs on your very first suspect. So it's a really, really exciting chapter. Also, folks, Christmas is coming up. So grab a copy of Electric Blue, grab loose units, spoil the people around you. And you know what? If you want to get them something for free, recommend that they listen to Red Hot Australian Christmas. It's, it's bloody wonderful. Have a great weekend, everyone. And we'll see you on Tuesday for more loose units. Bye. Cheerio. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.